Lois was right. I'm not a writer. I'm a joke. I'm one big, fat, ridiculous joke. Well, maybe you just didn't try hard enough, Brian. You know what, father from Family Circus? All you do is judge other people. Every day in the funnies, all you do is judge. Why don't you shut your mouth for once and go home and your wife in the face? You know what? That's exactly what I'm gonna do. Everybody and welcome to the Nightfly Podcast. I am Dave Juskow, and I hope everybody had such a sweet magic Labor Day weekend. Well, I'm sorry uh, I missed you last week. I just had to take a break, I guess. I mean, did I really need one? Kind of. Been very, very busy, and I figured, you know, it's the uh, Seinfeld all like, uh, you know, with the Murph Griffin show. Like, we we got to retool. I think we've hit rock bottom. I don't think we hit rock bottom, but I just figured, let me take one week break, and then we'll come back blasted with some ideas and some plans. So, here we are today. Uh, You're listening to the podcast, of course, but also another YouTube video as well. Uh, They come out at the same time, so you can choose whether to listen on your radio or (laughs) whatever they call it nowadays, driving in your car, on your cell phone, whatever you're listening to, or you can watch the entire episode on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to do that once a month from now on. Provide you with the dual podcasting gem of video and audio. Also, I believe I'm finally going to start a Patreon. I don't expect to make a lot of money for it, but I believe I'm going to, you know, uh, $5 a month. If you join, this is my plan. I was talking to Frank Santa Padre about this, you know, like, what do, what do you offer with that kind of stuff? You know, what do I have to offer? Nobody really um, cares, uh, you know, to get a, an autograph for, of me or anything, you know, so what does somebody like me have to offer? Well, I figured maybe there's something that, um, you know, if I do have a guest, like, you know, Judy Gold's coming on in a few weeks, uh, you know, if you send your, your questions or something to somebody like that or Sarah Silverman when she's on, um, that will be uh, the thing. We'll, you know, mention it on the air. We'll mention your question. We'll mention your name. And for that, uh, you know, and then I'll, I'll come up with more stuff along the way. I haven't put it together yet, but by next week I should have it up and going. Should I have had it by the time this airs? Absolutely. Well, I guess I technically could have it by Tuesday. I'm taping on Sunday. And let me admit our, our guest for today, which is our good friend, Guillermo Salazar, senior memo, as we uh, like to refer to him as. So he's coming on uh, shortly. 
And, uh, well, I think he's already connected to the audio. Hello. Hi. Oh, great. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. This is so weird. Why? <clears throat> uh, it feels like I'm at the first? doctor's office or something. No, it's just, it's like you're waiting for the, you know, them to admit you in and you have no idea what's going on. It's very mysterious. That's all. I know. I guess they should um, let you see what's going on. Like they should have a little room where you can see what's going on. And then I could admit you. I mean, it's, you know, I wasn't keeping a secret what I was doing beforehand. You know, I just logged, I just uh, got on and I told everybody what, because we took a week off last week. Right. And right. then I was explaining, I think I'm going to start Patreon. So I was explaining how that would work. Oh, yeah. I like Patreon. Are you on a yeah. couple of things for that? Uh, not not for me, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I've paid for a couple of things. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm paying artists. I know, for, do you have yeah, an yeah. example? Uh, yeah, there's this Let me musician. Guess the Pixies, what? <laughs> they don't need that help. No, there's this uh, musician that I've been a huge fan of, and like now he's like in his 60s, and he gets enough. Is it Dave Juskow? It oh. is Dave Juskow, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, you know the. I thought you said a magician. No, you know the best part of this is um, that I can see the your your I can see the age difference between your your. Uh, podcast picture in the real you because they're right next to each other so it's kind of i know you know it's, it's funny i i couldn't decide i i have the uh and again this is you know i'm also going to describe stuff for the people who are listening just to the podcast alone i have my picture of the nightfly podcast up and um it's in the background and i couldn't decide whether this was the way to go it makes sense but do you want to stare at double me the whole time <laughs> it's a little weird if well it looks w- like everything you say he's kind of looking at us like are you serious yeah, no, so maybe I'll change it back to the Seinfeld background. <laughs> I don't know. Is it too disturbing? It's just funny. It's just good. It is funny, right? I, you know, it, that took me three hours to put together. You mean when you originally did that cover? No, it took me three hours to figure out how to squeeze it so it's directly oh. <laughs> behind me. First, uh, Zoom was stretching it out, and uh, it was driving me crazy, and I couldn't figure it out. They don't make it, they don't make it easy for you um, yeah. to, uh, you know, condense your... Your right. picture. I didn't really, you know, it's, it's, I, I didn't realize I was going to be on film, so to speak. So, um, didn't I say it was a Zoom podcast? Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I guess I thought you were just using Zoom to record, like to do that. I don't really know what's, I don't know what's going on. Well, you don't care. You look um, good. What kind of shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing a, a mic drop shirt. See? Oh, mic drop. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'm just wearing a regular black Tommy Bahama shirt. That's good. Everybody knows I love Tommy. You should you should have worn the same outfit you're wearing in your picture behind you. Oh my God, I should have. Except uh, I'm pretty sure that was Donald Fagan's outfit, and I just <laughs> put my head over him. But yeah, it's good. Uh, I was talking to Santa Padre, Frank Santa Padre, the uh, co-host of Gilbert Godfrey Show. We had a nice long talk about uh, about a week ago, and he told me he's getting uh, Fagan as a guest for Gilbert's podcast. What really? Seem fair. Yeah, you know, it's like they shouldn't have him on. I should have him on, obviously. You should. Uh, but, you know, how is Gilbert going to ask Donald Fagan questions? <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, Frank is the one that runs that show, but Gilbert's right. still really funny. Do you think he uh, likes Steely Dan? Gilbert? Gilbert? I, yeah. I can't imagine him knowing music at all. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right. I, just... I, I feel like if you are familiar with every 1920s version of Frankenstein and the werewolf that you're not a music guy. <laughs> I don't know. That's just, although you could say to me, so if you're familiar yeah. with every episode of the $6 million man. Right. It's true. Oh, the best is, um, so I went down to my mom's on Thursday with my sister and she got locked out of her banking program or something. And they were asking us all these security questions. And I don't know. We thought we think we got hacked because the security questions were clearly not ones First of all, 
PNC Bank, I'm going to call them out, does not have security questions based for anyone over, really over 50. <laughs> you know, yeah. all their questions are, what's your favorite band? You know, like growing <laughs> up or whatever. You know, my mother doesn't have a favorite band growing up. Well, maybe Glenn Miller? You know, I mean, it, it, you know, <laughs> these questions were awful. So I just, and you know, I just made the questions myself and, uh, you know, your, what's your favorite TV program? Because she's not going to have an answer. An 80-year-old woman's not going to have an answer to that. Right. No, I mean, and it's so easy to hack. If you put Golden Girls, you, you know, 90% of the time, <laughs> you're probably going to get a hit on that. So, of course, every answer I put down for every question, who'd you go to the prom with? What was your first address? It just reads, um, so you can hack into my mother's place, the $6 million man. <laughs> Everything says that or Mannix. Like, I don't know. One time in the 80s, I, uh, <laughs> I filled out a crossword puzzle um, and I left it on my desk or in my bedroom and i just did it as a joke but my girlfriend at the time who i was living with saw it and she thought it was the funniest thing it was because it's something funny to leave every answer was manix <laughs> she's like what how, the hell is this how'd you get him to cross that's impressive i made it work <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> uh and that's the best part is like when you're trying to be does he really think every answer is manix or <laughs> i should probably break up with him maybe i should get my stuff out today move that's out a good move did she kill herself? Did she end up killing herself? Or she? I'm not sure. She's nowhere to find on Facebook. Uh, most of my old girlfriends are not on any kind of social media, and I do take it rather personally. <laughs> <laughs> Why shouldn't I, right? I mean, it's like really messed up. Most of them, they're either dead or just off social media. Yeah, they don't want to be found. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> Anyway, we have a really big agenda today before going over everything that I've been doing. And I'd like to hear what Memo's been doing. Memo's one of the busiest men ever. I've just become busy, Memo. Yeah, I know. You're like the busiest working comic. You're like Phil Collins. You're like the Phil Collins of comedy. That is for sure in comedy. But I got all this other stuff going on as well. I'm definitely the busiest man in comedy right now, which is unbelievable. I just performed last night with Rachel Feinstein (laughs) in Connecticut. For actual people here, let's start. Um, I'm going to start sharing the screen. I'll show you some pictures. Um, I think this is going to work just perfect. Just give me a second, everybody. Um, okay, yeah, can you see everything, Memo? Oh, I do. All right, good. Here we go. I see. Here's the stand-up. Yeah, here's so here's uh, well here's Rachel last night. All right, can you see this? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you see all the people there? Yeah. Let's look at it again. It was at a ski mountain. Oh. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah, it was super fun. And the funny thing was, it was the first time I'd performed for people. Right, not cars. Exactly. So that was exciting. Uh, I think this was. Oh, that's me. All right, we'll get to that. Uh, all right. <laughs> so already. right. So, so here's a picture, and uh, assume you can see it at some. I wonder. Sometimes you got to stop. It's just sometimes white. you have to stop the share and reshare again. So, right. Let me go back with that. So this is, yeah. Oh. Can you see this? Yeah. This is that's where the Phillies play. Uh, right. You know, right at the thing that so I'm performing to the front. Well, well, you can see all the cars are facing this way or they're in their hatchbacks uh, here. You can see these hot girls 
uh, sitting in their car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's why I still talk because I'm like 12. Uh, right over here, can you see my cursor? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's Lincoln Financial Field. That's where the Eagles play. Right. So, I mean, this uh, Philadelphia's got a great setup. And over to the over here where you can't see is where the Flyers and the 76ers play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which is amazing. So as you know, I'm showing a picture of the parking lot of which I played for him. Uh, and then let's see if I can, uh, you tell me if you can still see it or if I got to stop. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So there is the vision of the front of the, you can see the two huge screens. That's Jim Gaffigan on them. Right. And you know, you, you'll, you know, see like in the middle is, would be little me. Right. You know, which is, and I'm giant 50 foot tall belly sticking out. Uh, you know, really <laughs> embarrassing uh, stuff. So here, here's what it looks like. Oh, that's Marina. Yeah. That's Marina. Let's see. I think this is me. I think. Can you see it? Hear it? Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. I'm doing my grease uh, <laughs> material. But you see my belly? I, I do. Yeah. See, when you're on a 50-foot screen, um, the belly really is... Yeah, but you know, like half of stand-up comedy's history is like fat guys. I mean, look at Rodney. Know, but when it's exaggerated like this, it's like <laughs> horrible. So yeah, that's so that's the screen. Wait, did you and, say duty? Did you do your duty joke? I know, but see, here's me little, and then she's gonna pan over to where it's on the page. And this first night I ever cook, so I had to learn how to cook. I mean, if you don't hear any laughs, okay, that's because there are none. And they said, well, you still live there. No laughs. Not even from the hatchback. <laughs> See, then it goes over the big screen, right? I don't know. That's it's, hilarious. It's kind of exciting. So, yeah, so I did the uh, – I haven't spoke to any of you guys since I did the Gaffigan gig um, on uh, last Saturday night. And it was super fun because I wasn't the last time I was on. I wasn't sure if it was happening. Totally happened. It was my third gig I did with Gavigan, which is the exact amount I did with Sarah last summer. It's so funny. Marie, I was telling Marina, I'm like, look at us. Look at what we do every summer. We <laughs> perform for 4,000 people at a time, you know, when our friends are performing for like 10 people at an outdoor, outdoor area, you know. I really am the, the most working comic in America right now. <laughs> <laughs> I get calls from people like, yeah, my wife was asking too, how are you getting all these gigs? <laughs> and I'm like, well, your wife would be correct because the world has gone for Cocta and Dave Juskow is the new, uh, the new Jim Gaffigan. Technically, yeah. Or the new, you know, it's just so ridiculous. Um, but it's funny because I guess I had practiced so much. I did really well last night and, you know, I'm always pretty critical about myself, but you know, it seemed to work out. People were probably mostly my age, which was helpful. That, I was going to say the crowd looked, uh, I would say, older. Yeah, what which I is saw there. good for me. Uh, but yeah, so we went up there and Rachel's like, you could just do 10 minutes. I'm like, great. I definitely have 10 because with Jim, I do 15. And then the guy was like, no, can you do 15? I'm like, yes, I can. Because <laughs> normally, you know, like, what? I only have seven and I'm stretching that into 10 already. Right. Did you, um, and did you feel more confident when you're up there? Like, do you, now that you've Absolutely. been doing it a lot? Yeah. You mean last night? Well, I guess in general, but yeah, last night. Yes, I felt I definitely felt more confident. But it is, you know, there's just no confidence to have in the gym shows because you're just performing to cars. (laughs) Again, I always open with the line: 
to Jim. I'm like, Jim, there are people in these cars. This isn't an elaborate joke on me, right? <laughs> because I'm, I'm never positive. Right. <laughs> you don't right. see anybody. And you can see how huge the venue is. I mean, it's very exciting. Can't deny that. But what happened on Thursday, I was at my mother's house. Uh, my sister and I were there. And I got four jobs while I was sitting at my mother's house. Um, this COVID has been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. It's um, amazing. While I was sitting there. So uh, starting today, this comes out on Tuesday, September 8th. I have a new show on YouTube every Tuesday night at 830, uh, which is the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show, which, as you know, sometimes I host. And every Tuesday night at 830, I will be doing my Comedy Cellar football show, <laughs> the picks that we love. You know, Memo. You, you know, know, it's funny you like say that. we did at the Village Underground. Yeah, yeah. Somebody just asked me if Puppet Picks was starting this year. I, I thought they well, were joking. I was kind of going to ask you if I don't know what Drew's <laughs> doing, but uh, I would obviously <laughs> like to have a puppet on as one of the guests. Well, you could do it, actually, right? Either way, yeah. I can so, ask um, him. Here, look, I, uh, I, made, I made the chart. Oh, very nice. Here, my guest uh, this week will be me, Keith Robinson, Nick Griffin, and Rachel Feinstein. She's always good for a laugh. That's good. Yeah. So um, that is show is starting this uh, tonight, Tuesday at 8.30 on YouTube, 8.30 Eastern time on the YouTube uh, Comedy Cellar YouTube channel, uh, which is normally the nightly show. They're giving me one day a week uh, to just do my nonsense. And I've made an opening, which should be really funny, where I'm going to sing Luck Be a Lady tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me from all the comics after they see the opening every week. I'm like Keith Robinson, I'm like, just go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so it's totally worth it just for the bullshit I'm going to get um, after. But I think it'll Exciting. be fun every week until Christmas, <clears throat> until New Year's, uh, every Tuesday night at 8.30. So that was the first news I heard on Thursday. Then the second news, I got a job consulting for the Jets and Giants for their, for their podcast. Which, wait, how, what, yeah, wait, what does that mean? I don't really know. I just said yes, because um, I was like, okay, that sounds unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know what it means either, but I'm very excited about that. Then um, then I got the, the gig. Rachel called me and said, do you want to open for me in Connecticut? And uh, first I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, She's been making fun of me because once I hear Connecticut or Long Island, I said, like, uh, I was supposed to watch TV that night. Because I hate going to Connecticut or Long Island. As a driver, I'm sure you can understand, Memo. Sure, I guess. There's so much traffic, and it's just such horrible places. I just feel very comfortable in Jersey and anywhere else but Connecticut and Long Island. Just getting there is just a nightmare. Uh, this time of the year and during COVID, it, it was a lot easier, so it wasn't too bad. But then I realized, what am I saying no for? What, what's the matter with me? You know, I didn't well, have any plans yeah. on Saturday. Did you drive Rachel up too? Yeah, yeah, that was the. I think that's why she asked me to go. You know, I mean, I mean, that's how I started opening for Jim. Marina needed a ride, right? And it just right. worked out, you know. So pays to have a car. Yeah, but it's funny, you know. We're with these guys, and uh, you know, they only play those areas. They don't play New York and stuff. But they, to hear them talk, you would think they uh, they were opening for Gaffigan or something. The confidence that these guys have when they're just playing in Massachusetts, right? Uh, you know, it's 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 quite amazing because uh, it's funny because Rachel and I just sit there. You know, all the New York comics we know are very self-deprecating, but apparently anywhere else you go, they're like, "Yeah, man, I killed it. It was unbelievable. I, I got a show every night, three shows a night." It's weird. We always have to assume those people are pretty bad. 
Right. Because the right. best comics we know think they suck. That seems like the, yeah, the standard. It's funny that they don't get that. You know? I, like, I don't, I, I, can I ask you about your car? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell uh, you the, the oh, fourth Oh, yeah, what's the fourth job? Yeah. The fourth job is uh, punch up for this new Nickelodeon show. Uh, yeah, I obviously can't tell you what it is, but uh, yeah, somebody asked me to do punch up on a script. I can't even believe it. What? It's never happened to me before. I'm telling you, something's wrong with the universe, obviously. Yeah. Where Dave Jessica was prospering in COVID. And, you know, I'm at the point where I don't want it to end so bad. I'm thinking about interviewing some bats that I can, you know, fuck around with to get the disease a little bit more violent <laughs> uh, because I'm a little nervous of how things are going to turn out once it twists around. I think I got to really go for it all. I think I figure I have till New Year's and somehow solidify myself where it, it can't go back to the way it was. I, I'm, I don't know what to say, that none of this makes sense. It, none of it makes sense. Do you know, Memo, I was telling my mother the other day that I wake up in a good mood every day now. <laughs> I mean, I can't... I, have trouble sleeping because i can't wait to wake up the next morning plus there's other new information are you ready for this sure i just started nutrisystem oh congratulations thank you wow i started monday wow Uh, i'm in in it for a week totally cheated yesterday but that's all right i knew i was going to cheat i knew i was going to have these days the reason i'm on nutrisystem for the obvious reasons uh is because during this time first of all I guess I realized we're all in it for the long haul, right? We're all going to be indoors in your place. I mean, yep. are, well, you're, you're starting to shoot outside. I've been doing some outdoor bit, shoots, but, but mostly you're rare. still working at home, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, this is the way of the world, right? We're all going to work at home for a long time. I mean, David tell told me, and I don't know where he got this information from that the restaurants here in New York city, he said that he heard they weren't opening till June of 2021. That'll destroy the city. Yeah, I mean, that'll kill us Between all. Between that and Broadway, why would you live here? That's why I can't <laughs> wait to leave. I mean, you're not looking like a jerk if you leave now because you're like, why would you want to live in a city that doesn't have anything to offer, you know, the reason why you moved here? And so now you're just living in a place that's really congested and you could live anywhere else and cheaper. And in Jersey, they started opening the restaurants. So what the hell do I want to live here for? Yeah, I don't well, know. I'm not moving until I have something solidified. But anyway... Uh, so I started the new system because, you know, every night at seven was the end of the night for me. I'd either start cooking or start dinner. And then by eight o'clock or eight thirty, whether I was cooking or just, you know, get, ordering something in, I was bloated full. And then I would sit on the couch and watch TV for the rest of the night. The night was over. And also I was cooking, you know, not they weren't unhealthy, but they're just fattening because I cook. The things that serve four, and then I eat for three, <laughs> you know, and then maybe I put one serving away for lunch. And I'm like, that's not enough. And I throw it out. So I was eating just really just a lot. As I think a lot of people are just confused during this time, especially people that were ordering in every day before COVID. Uh, and so I was like, I, I need regulation. I need to know what I'm going to have for dinner every night. I just want to, I, I don't want to think about what I want to make, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I hate going to the grocery store here in Manhattan. Maybe if I lived somewhere else again, you know, and I tried getting it delivered and they messed up my order. So I'm like, I need regulation. And so I just got this stuff. They give you a month of food, half frozen in a huge box with dry ice, which was very exciting. Yeah. And, um, 
half you know regular that mostly almost looks like dog food every time i open a pouch it looks like my cat would eat this you know uh but i love it i mean i only started it monday but i love the regulation and then so when i have dinner at seven o'clock it's obviously very small portion i just eat it in the kitchen and then i'm not bloated and i get six more hours of work done (laughs) <laughs> so now I go back to the computer. I'm not watching TV and falling asleep because I'm not. I haven't overeaten, and already I've been that much productive during the week. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with my weight, but it, <laughs> it caused. If I paid this money to just be able to do stuff after I eat and be productive, it's kind of worth it in itself. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, it. I, it's. I. It must. The world must be ending, right? Because like. None of this is any, I mean, you could have done any of this like 30 years ago. I don't know why it took COVID. Well, I've been thinking about this, of course, you know, now I worked at a regular job for 30 years, right? The one that we all know about 20 years and then before that 10 years, well, eight years and then two years for being a professional stand-up comic like now, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, You should have been drinking something while I said that. Uh, (laughs) Wait, say it again. What? A professional stand-up. And I was thinking, you know, every time I used to come home and I used to say, well, what do I really do at my job? It's not like I'm lugging boxes down to Boggan City, you know, like uh, that's from Greece. Um, You know, I'm not doing manual labor. I sit at a desk all day and I type, you know, and most of the time I don't even have anything to do. I watch movies at my desk. You know, I this job was brilliant until they made me the manager. Then I had more stuff to do. And even then I found a way to just distribute it and I could still watch movies. So. I had nothing to do. So why couldn't I come home and do all this stuff afterwards? You know, but it's a mindset you get into and everybody's guilty of it. Most people, you know, unless you are just incredibly, you just have so much energy. Most people come home from work and they just like, I've done enough today. I can't look at another computer again. You know, it's, it's TV time. You know, I don't have a family. So it's, you know, technically I should just say I should start writing. I should start doing stuff. I don't have to worry about you know, taking care of a kid or anything or even cooking dinner for anybody else. I mean, that's a whole nother story, right? But you were trying to do stand up or whatever it was, but it was just you're in this mindset where you just feel I worked hard all day, even though I know I didn't work hard all day. But there is something to just sitting there for eight hours, which drains you. No, <laughs> I totally. I agree. It's- and so then when I left the job, you know, I was starting to do stuff, but I could feel myself getting caught up back again in the old ways, even though I was going out more and doing comedy, I didn't know what was going to be for the long run. And there's just something about this that when it took out the fear of missing out, that I wasn't missing out on anything, it somehow cleared my head (laughs) and I was able to concentrate on other things. I can't explain it, but that's the only thing I can come up with. Well, I was going to say it's either that or it's like... um... You know, I think the reason most artists or musicians or whatever are successful is because they didn't have a choice. Like, they didn't have any plan B, right? They It was either this or they, like, committed suicide. <laughs> right. And so, like, now that you don't have a job, is it, like, a financial thing where you're just, like, if you don't start doing this, you what other option do you have, right? Yeah, you're not true. looking for a job. And certainly I've contemplated suicide, as you've heard on this podcast, <laughs> multiple times, which is why it's funny that, you know, I'm just enjoying life so much now, <laughs> which is just the oddest thing. Right. But I, I really, I get so excited every day as a new adventure. Look at me. What the <laughs> fuck is this? I don't know. I, get I can't go to sleep because I'm so excited to wake up in the morning, let alone I'm starving. So I'm like, oh, breakfast is going to be going on that waffle. 
<laughs> they recommend, you know, like or something. Like I know what I'm going to have for breakfast the next day. I set it up so I get excited about it. And uh, but yesterday was kind of awful. Like I knew I wasn't going to do the program, so I had my regular like raisin bread in the morning. And then I'm never sure how we're going to eat at the show. But Rachel wanted to stop a Panera bread. I was like really upset about because I, I didn't want to eat. But they actually let us eat inside. Oh. And I had like it wasn't an unhealthy sandwich. It was like a teriyaki chicken sandwich or something. It's Panera bread, so nothing's unhealthy. It's mostly just a calorie count that's bad at this time. Uh, but then, you know, it's funny when I was logging it, um, you know, I felt bad. Then I had one cup of beer. I finally got my after show beer. I was very happy about that. And then, you know, I wanted to stop at McDonald's because that's my favorite thing to do <laughs> along the way, you know, Burger King, McDonald's. So we stopped twice. They were both closed. When I dropped Rachel off, I stopped at the drive-thru and I had it. And I felt horrible after and I didn't want to do it. And I don't know why I did it because, you know, I was doing really good on my little whatever diet I was doing. And I feel awful today because, you know, I shouldn't be eating that stuff. And I really want to try and I'm really trying hard. But I knew I was going to have that last night. It's like my treat that I have since, you know, there's no bars open or anything. So, Well, maybe it's like smoking. Like all of a sudden you realize you just don't like the taste anymore. And then you just well, That's what I'm kind of hoping is going to happen. So today is a, a regular day. I'm just only doing Nutrisystem uh, being Sunday, Monday. Uh, I'm actually going out to dinner with Jessica Pilot who oh, for some reason she came back to Brooklyn for a month. I told her not to. She's been <laughs> living in LA. She's like, I want to come back. And I'm like, why? Why do you want to come back? It's horrible here. But I'm going to meet her for dinner. But that's, you know, that's okay. A little dinner is all right. You know, it's just, it's just the other stuff. When I was logging in yesterday, I'm like, all right, I had the Panera bread. Then I had the McDonald's. Then I had a chocolate shake. Then I had, you know, it's just like I'm adding, oh, I'd forgotten about the lemonade I had. You know, I'm logging everything. I'm like, oh, boy, that was a bad day. You know, so <laughs> trying to skip those kind of days. Like on Thursday, I had Chinese food at my mother's, but that's all I had. Right. Like I still made my my calorie count or something. I, I, I do. What I just realized when you're saying all this is that you, your car, like you still have it and it still works. Like, I mean, it's been, what has it been, 15 years? No, it's almost 20. It's uh, 2003. 2003. That's when you got the car. And the yeah. car wasn't new then. It was still like, new. oh, it, it was, was brand new. new? Oh. Pretty sure. You know what? You might be, maybe it was like, maybe they had 3,000 miles on. I can't remember. My dad bought it. Remember? Right. Right. So you inherited a car and 20 years later, it's still, I mean, I don't understand. Well, I can tell you exactly why I never use it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it seems it's like not, you use it all the time. seems like you're always driving somewhere seems that way. But if you're only using a car once or twice, a, once a week, mostly once every two weeks, you know, it's, we didn't have the, you know, still not at a hundred thousand miles. It's only at 90,000 miles. What? Um, really? I mean, so it's funny you mention it. I just got a new alternator because I used to have to jumpstart the guys, the garage used to have to jumpstart all the time. They were angry at me all the time. They would hate getting that call. I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> so I got a new, I finally figured out, I thought it was the battery. It got, it's a new alternator. So that costs about $700. And that's when I said, I'm going to start looking for a new car. Maybe because once you start putting in those, and I've never put in a big amount before. Right. But once you start putting in those big amounts and a lot, it doesn't pay to keep it. Right? right. So I have been looking for a new car because I, I uh, just finished my hair payments. Uh, <laughs> the last one was this month. So, you know, I'm open to some other payments. So, you know, but now the guy told me like the, the oil's leaking. And if we, 
fix the oil pan, it's going to cost a lot because he said you don't know what's going to happen when you fix it. There's bolts that haven't been unscrewed in 20 years and things. Go. The guy was very nice. He was very honest. Um, my fuel tank gauge isn't working. So, you know, that's a problem. You have to guess. And he, I go, well, isn't that an easy fix? He goes, no. <laughs> so that's an issue. So once these, all these kind of things start yeah. happening, then I, but none of this has happened before, but I guess I am taking longer trips lately. Like, well, I guess over the summer I've been taking, you know, I went up to Woodstock. I went to Pennsylvania. These shows have been two hour trips instead right. of going to my mother's like a one hour trip. And that's maybe putting some wear and tear on the car that I'm not used to. I was just thinking, because like if uh, that's your meal ticket, people realize you don't have a reliable car. They're going to stop calling you to do these gigs. So it's, yeah, uh, probably. It's very, you got to <laughs> keep that up. Yeah, you're probably right. But that's all right. I mean, uh, you know, it's a, but there is a, a wonderful freedom in having a car in the city uh, to be able to leave, even if I have to, you know, I, I was able to log in my minutia system thing about uh, how far it is to the parking garage. So I did some walking <laughs> that day, walking back. It's about 1.6 miles. So, uh, or is it 1.2? It's 0.6 miles uh, each way. So 1.2 miles, <laughs> even walking to the car. So at least that's good. That is good. And you, you know. should be happy those Rebel bikes are back. I am happy. So uh, when I was going to Marina's on Saturday, uh, you know, this girl Lois was driving us to the gig. It was an Irish girl. Dave, what's, what's a honky? Like that's what she was. I was telling, like listening to honky, and then Marina got in the car. Marina, Dave keeps calling me a honky. I don't know what it is. It was hilarious. Um, and then she talks exactly that way. I'm not even exaggerating. Have you met her? No, I have oh, not. She's really funny. Dave, would you like an Irish scone? I can come by your house and get it for you if you'd like. Um, so anyway, uh, so I was meeting Marina in you know Harlem, uh, <laughs> and normally I would take the Revel there because I don't want to get sweated up before I get in the car or anything or for the gig. I don't want to mess with my hair. I know it sounds ridiculous. And they, none of the bikes were around. So I took the electric city bike, which really is just as good. Yeah, they're great. As the uh, motorcycle. So I haven't, you know, I took the test that you have to take with the Revel. It's a 20 minute test. Have you tried it? Uh, no, my friend started working for them. So he was telling oh, me. Oh, is that how, right? Yeah. He was telling me how many, uh, Oh good. I can, how many of them get stolen? See troublemakers. <laughs> yeah. they still steal them yeah well he, his job is to sit in a van until they get like a a beep on his app and then he has to go find out what happened to the bike that just got trashed or whatever really yeah. oh that's awesome yeah. can i travel with that guy maybe yeah It'd i uh feel like i can uh we can do it we should have that guy in the podcast i mean that's a pretty exciting <laughs> job yeah it'd be good is he a musician no he's he makes you... pop-up books for a living oh my god that's so cool yeah he's a cool guy Wow, He's actually really cool. famous in the pop-up book world. Really? Yeah, which is a oh, small world. That guy in the podcast. That's yeah, really yeah. No, he, he had a lot of in the podcast. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. Yeah, there. you see what I yeah. did there. Uh, well, let me just see what I had written down. Just oh, when I went to Gaffigan's show, I don't like to eat before a show. I get very nervous. Although the last two times I have, and and the starter was last week because they had a catering table last time, which they didn't have before. You know, for the crew, and they had what they have there. Philly cheesesteaks. Well, there was no way Dave Juskow was going to Philadelphia and they offered Philly cheesesteaks to have one. But were they like from Pat's or were they like? I don't know, but like they were generic. delicious. They were good. They were delicious, and they put you put they give you a cup of onions and put that right on it. It was fantastic. No diarrhea, no stomach ache. It was beautiful. I felt it was great. 
I was so happy. And that's why I didn't mind eating with Rachel today. I'm like, you know, I'm not getting the stomach aches I used to get all the time. I think I'm just not as nervous as performing anymore. I have my material right. intact or I don't know. Like I said, I haven't really had any stomach issues since I've, uh, since I was just being honest with people about my job. I just, you know, right. I tend to feel sometimes just before I get it, like it's coming on, but I know that the diarrhea and the stomach issues besides the obvious eating issues was stress. Yeah, and, uh, I've seemed to take that out of my life, and I don't have it anymore. So, well, it's it's all connected: the sleeping, the eating, the str- I mean, it's all one. You know. Uh, also, I wrote obvious. down with uh, Marina. Uh, it started to pour while she was on stage, uh, <laughs> like really pour, right for two minutes, and it was really funny. I'm so glad it wasn't <laughs> me because I really wouldn't have known how to handle it. And she was just like, "Hey, everybody, it's raining men." <laughs> people loved it so and then i had a chicken pot pie for dinner but i bought it home oh wait yeah, they also had it? a dinner selection too oh yeah it was kind of nice so you can't make fun of me for taking food home anymore i guess this is nope i cannot this is it all right damn it's it. good i love keeping making fun of you taking food home keeping it i normally never do um also this week well we have a lot to talk about and a lot to show you but um I think I gave you all the, the updates that are necessary. Um, you know, we'll be doing these once a month, YouTube and podcasting simultaneously. Um, so Chadwick Bozeman died. Yes. Isn't that his name? Did I, you not I know? Didn't, I didn't know he died, Black, no. The guy from Black Panther. Oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course. The way you said it threw me off. Yeah, was, I know. I got confused what? myself when I said it. Yes. I wasn't sure if that was the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course, yes. And everyone's... So, putting up tributes and so on. Right. Well, of course, they as they do. But the weird part is, you know, it's like if this virus and this time could get any more weird, the fact that this guy died during all this um, Black Lives Matter movements and stuff like that, the fact that this guy who finally people had a, a real black superhero to like you know, and to get behind. I'm talking about not the superheroes they made to make black to <laughs> conform to, we don't have any black characters. Like they did to Green Lantern in DC Comics and they right. made John Stewart black because they're like, we don't have any black people. Or even Scarlett Johansson in stupid Marvel comics. Her, her character stinks. Oh, we got to put her in. We, got, we need, we need a, you know, and it doesn't fit for me. I, it's just, she's horrible. And I don't, you know, her character doesn't fit her. I'm not saying a woman, you know, I mean, Wonder Woman's the kick-ass awesome, but Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman, right? But I'm just saying, here's finally an awesome character. I didn't know Black Panther, but that movie was fantastic. And, it, and it's really black, and it's real, and, and, and now there's not going to be a sequel because this guy <laughs> fucking died. I can't even believe that he died around this time. I know, it's right. so messed up. He was such a good actor, too. I mean, his accent, and he was just good in the movie. Remember, I had three podcasts where I'm like, how did that not become Best Picture? This solves all your racial problems. You make <laughs> that Best Picture, you make Get Out Best Picture, and all of a sudden Hollywood is awesome. You know, and then and then they make these horrible moves. God, it's like so fucked up that only when these Hollywood people are yelling at you for racism and they just can't figure it out themselves in the easiest thing you could do. Make a movie like Black Panther, which is which is which is a good movie and it's a good message. Your best picture. Why not? No, they had to give it to that fish movie. Oh, you know, the shape of water. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And uh, what was get out? What one? Something even worse. 
Was it Green Book? I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. There's there's your there's your <laughs> way out to look like Hollywood has changed and right. you fuck it up. And we've talked about that for endless podcasts. But um yeah, I just can't believe he died. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. You know, I mean, you gotta be kidding me. First of all, I was totally excited for Black Panther 2. This ruins the entire Marvel universe. And I mean, here it was. You had this amazing superhero movie, you know, with a full black cast. Right. You know, and then it's going to suffer. I mean, wow, that's bad luck. That's just <laughs> bad luck. Yeah. And this guy was 40. I mean, what happened? And well, he died of uh, colon cancer? Yeah, did, cancer. That's like the easiest thing not to die from. That's why it's so weird. He must have not gotten it checked. Usually you get that checked. You get your colonoscopy. You know, usually, I guess, yeah. you know, if you get it at 40, you probably haven't gotten it checked. They don't yeah, I was going to say. Colonoscopy until yeah. you're 50. Right, exactly. I started getting my checked at 40 just because I enjoy the anal probing. Well, I was going to say, it's a whole different reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But for other people, yeah. But normally it's hard to die from that because you get it checked and it's very easy to cure uh, once you find it normally. It's very odd for somebody to die of that, um, especially somebody who has means and, um, you know, probably excellent doctors. It was very odd. Yeah, the whole thing is weird, but what are you going to do? Meanwhile, I just watched the Saturday Night Live Black Jeopardy with him on it, and I was laughing out loud. It was so goddamn funny. Have <laughs> you seen it? I have not I seen it. I recommend watching it after this. It's, I mean, I could have played the whole thing, but it was six minutes long, and it's funny. The whole thing is funny. The message is funny. He's great in it. His accent's amazing. You know, it's all like... um you know, what do you do if your rent's overdue? And you're like, you tell him I'm dead and I ghosted you, whatever, <laughs> like all these comments you would expect. And then right. he's from Wakanda. So, like, what do you do when you, when you put your grandmother on the cable bill and they keep calling you? He goes, it's a sign of respect for your elders. You know, like, it was the exact opposite of the answer you want to hear, but not right. Um, I'm, I'm making it sound worse. So uh, I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll did check you, it out. Yes, you should definitely. Have, did you also hear about Francis Ford Coppola? And Wait. nonsense. No. Wait. No. Sorry. So Francis Ford Coppola is at this point just kind of a jackass. There's just no other way to put it. This guy's so afraid of his legacy. You know, that Oh, the Godfather Three, right? He re edited the Godfather Three. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> this idiot re edited one of the worst movies ever to because he's so afraid of the way he's leaving his legacy. But this isn't the first one. He's done it to the Cotton Club. He's done it to Apocalypse Now. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, like, uh, Godfather 3 has already been re-edited. Like, this isn't the first time they've... It's already, like, three I know, but he's been talking. He's like, here's what I've done. I make my daughter look much better in it. (laughs) I change the music. I mean, this guy's an idiot. What His best bet was never mentioning Godfather 3 again or just saying, I fucked up. I made a mistake. <laughs> I mean, just trying to redo it and reminding people how horrible it is is just not the answer. And uh, I'm going to share my screen again on this. Let me see if um, what we got here. Can you see this? Yes. So remember. Hey, I want to thank you for helping me organize this. <laughs> you hear it okay? It's yeah. Well. The other heads of the five families. New York, New Jersey. Carmine Cuneo from the Bronx and uh, Brooklyn. Philip Tatad. That's the way my hair used to look. <laughs> from Staten Island. 
we have with us Victor Strachey, and all the other associates that came as far as from California, Kansas City, and all the other territories of the country. Thank you. How did things ever get so far? I'm making the expression as he's doing it. We're so unfortunate, so unnecessary. I lost the son. I lost the son. We're quits. And if the daddy agrees, then I'm willing to let things go on the way they were before. We're all grateful to Don Corleone for calling this meeting. We all know him as a man of his word. A modest man. He'll always listen to reason. I got uh, a problem with Don Ponzini. I have a feeling he's up to something. You notice uh, that too? Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> might be the traitor. Oh, spoiler <laughs> alert. You know, the thing is, though, if you can make a scene like this. You know, you should just shut up. And the fact that he was able to recreate it, like and he was able to make a movie that's arguably even better. Right. Why take the risk of making the third <laughs> one? Well, actually, he said it today, and, and it's funny that it was, um, I remember reading this in 1990, that Sylvester Stallone and John Travolta were supposed to be in Godfather 3. They got the right somehow, and they were going to do Godfather 3. Stallone was going to direct, and Travolta was going to be whatever he was going to be. And that is why he said he needed to do it. He could not let these bozos, <laughs> and I love both of them, ruin what he had. So I think that's why he did it. So at least there's a good reason, because that is a good reason. Wait, 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 wait. I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, because can you imagine? Although now I really would like to see the Stallone Travolta version. Yeah, it would be pretty good. Um, does he do? What does he do with his daughter in that? Did he recut her out of the film, or what's the he story with his daughter? He cut her out of the film, but he said he, uh, you know, he made it so it's a little better or something. I don't know what he could possibly do. She's always like, uh, you know, I didn't want to act. <laughs> right. It's it's actually not her fault. She was like, yeah, I didn't want to act. Yeah. Uh, and I really don't like it. And I would, you know, when I look at it, I'm just like, you know, like to her, I was reading this today. She was saying. See, the Godfathers weren't that big a deal for me. You know, like I saw them and I knew everybody. They were like a family film, you know. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny to her being around it the entire time. You know, she was just like, yeah, it was not a big. I didn't think I was ruining anything that would make sense if you're somebody's daughter. You know, if I was, uh, you know, Robert Zemeckis' kid or something (laughs) and uh, I made Back to the Future 4 and it sucked. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't think anything of it. And people really like this movie you're saying or. (laughs) <laughs> by the way i've been thinking that it, it what i'm doing right now is the back to the future 2 scenario where they have the chalkboard and it's like, oh we're in the alternate in this 1985 <laughs> right. Dave is popular um right. well because oh, what true. happened was on saturday last saturday when i did the gaffigan gig i got a call from sam morell and phil hanley and these guys are on the road every day 52 weeks a year um, and Sam calls because everybody copies whatever I do on my birthday. He's like, oh, I'm going to have some people down to the cellar on my birthday. I'm like, did it. Uh, and he's like, can you come? And I'm like, no, I can't come. I'm on the road. I'm working. I mean, the odds of that ever happening where he's 
doesn't have anything to do on a Saturday and I'm working and I can't make his party were unbelievable. Right. And then I was thinking, if I told Liz at the cellar, if you had come back, if you were in 1996 and you got a time machine and you stopped over at the cellar in 2020 and you, and you see all the same people, you know, like whatever, like whatever happened to just Gow? Oh, he's actually performing at uh, Philly stadium. And they're like, <laughs> what? He's what? What? <laughs> Wait, you I know, don't understand. I've gone into an alternative <laughs> universe. Speaking of both your birthday and the Godfather three, which is funny how this all ties up. I don't know if you remember Natterman talking about, he his his new obsession with Rebecca Schaefer. Oh, the girl right. from, uh, Sam, uh, my, my sister, sister Sam, Sam no, who was originally going to be that role of Mary shut went up. to Sofia Coppola. Except really? she died. She got. She oh, still, so, it's her fault for so being she's, so sexy that she got shot. Right, because she had the stalker, <laughs> and then Natterman was like getting into the mind of the upset. Yeah, it was kind of a weird conversation, but that was. Um, he well, was, Natterman, my favorite joke that – it's not even a joke. My favorite thing he did, I brought Audrey down to the comedy cellar. You know, and she was, uh, I guess, was she even 23 at the time? I don't know. Uh, and we went down to the cellar last summer. And, uh, you know, they always play Charlie Chaplin movies. In fact, I believe the one they always play is uh, Modern Times. And there's a scene where one of the girls is throwing food out to all these children. And he just turns to Audrey, you know, who's young, and he goes, you know, all those kids are dead. <laughs> and it was so funny it's just the funniest thing to say because it's so true and it's so morose and it's just the uh, to say it to this girl who had never seen a charlie chaplin film before it's just i don't know why like, that was the funniest thing i ever heard you know all those kids are dead <laughs> and just to point out the kids that's why right. like, everybody in that film is dead right. but just to point out that the children are also dead is extra hilarious it's good. That totally worked for me. <laughs> uh, did you, by the way, see David Blaine's uh, balloon trick? <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Uh, no, I this? didn't know he, that guy was still relevant. Yeah, look at this. He flew with balloons. Yeah. Look at this guy. Okay, I release one more? You believe this? Can you see it? <laughs> I see it. That's hilarious. <laughs> like the movie Up. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. And the word, his daughter's like talking to him on a headset, which I just think is horrible. Like they had his daughter. I mean, if something right. went horribly wrong, that, right. that would be devastating. Isn't that the funniest thing you've ever seen? You That's hilarious. If folks, like if you're just watching or you know, listening to the podcast, you got to see it. Yeah, you're And now he's dropping bags. He's dropping sandbags so he can go up higher. See? I mean, he's dropping them. <laughs> And you know what happened? I was actually there when he was doing it, and one of them got right in my coffee, and I was so angry. One of those sandbags just dropped while I was in a restaurant. <laughs> no, but I, I, I like David Blaine is okay. I'm trying to get over to uh, something else here. Uh, because that, you, know, you know that happened to a little girl. Uh, this girl in Taiwan just was holding onto a kite, and it picked her up in the air. She was, <laughs> really? Yeah. But David Blaine is so much better than this complete asshole that we play all the time, Nick Walenda. What a complete <laughs> asshole when he's walking across the Grand Canyon. Lord, help this cable to calm down. Command it in your name, Jesus, with the authority of God. Praise, <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. How you feeling, man? Good. A lot of wind. Yeah, I know it's out there. Just you're doing the right thing, though. Just take it. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> That's my king. Praise you. 
praise you, Jesus. I don't want to talk to anyone, Dad. Can you fucking believe this guy <laughs> asking Jesus for help to keep the rope steady <laughs> well, while he's doing this ridiculous thing? He All he does, the entire walk, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Jesus, please help this wire. This drives me insane. Well, I mean, I mean, what's funny about it is that you, we're all waiting for the day when Jesus doesn't help him with the wire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, uh, but, but to ask Jesus for this is really... <laughs> Not very Christian-like, I think. I think it's very selfish and uh, just unbelievably, what a douchebag. I'm waiting for this guy to fall just because, yeah, (laughs) Jesus didn't help him out. But, you know, now the worst part is people are like, see, Jesus even helped Nick Walenda uh, make a lot of money while he went over the Grand Canyon. You know, I mean, come on. Right. So at least David Blaine does not do that. That's (laughs) true. um, makes me very happy actually that's i did i didn't realize this guy did that that's amazing yes he does praises jesus while he walks um i uh there's another thing i wanted to talk about today uh i have oh let me have i have the speaker view and i talk i can't tell how it records if i can do the speaker view i feel like i'm doing my own editing does it change on your screen no i see both Uh, of us yeah right 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 so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether if I change it, it looks like I've edited the podcast. So it's very yeah, exciting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I keep going back and forth just to, uh, you know, add some zip into. OK, this is what I've been waiting to show you. This. Oh, well, we have oh, we have some other news stories, too, but um, we'll save that for later. OK. I have been talking about this stuff since the 80s. I used to go on stage and talk about it at the Boston Comedy Club all the time just because it's so stupid. I'm talking about. Sunday comics. The fact that they still exist <laughs> is unbelievable. Memo, I know you are actually a fan well, of Sunday of. comics. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, here, look at this. Can you see this? Can you see this? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you can see the picture, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I so this is this is just a, uh, a, a an example of. Um, you know, I can zoom and it just, I'm just saying, this is an example of the star ledger that on a daily basis, they have <laughs> two pages, 32 comics, 32. you know, I'd read the post. They don't have any comics, right? The star ledger in New Jersey has 32 comics a day, 32 old school comics. Here's the Sunday one yep. for this Sunday, uh, you know, still in color. And I just can't even believe that this still exists you know so here's blondie (laughs) okay so now all of these comics that are from the 30s and i'm not even exaggerating yeah i've been taken over by the kids of the parents that created it if that i mean a lot of them are just somebody else to altogether not a lot of them 90 percent of them are the children who've taken over and it seems unfair. Like, why they still run? Who still reads it? I don't know. And this is horrible. Here's the Blondie one for today. And it goes on for eight frames or seven frames. It was exactly three years ago, but on Monday, Dagwood saying to Blondie in her bed, three years ago, Sunday afternoon. He goes, honey, I'm positive it happened on Monday. No, dear, it was on Sunday afternoon. There's no way it happened in the afternoon. It was a rainy Sunday afternoon. And that goes on for another five frames. And then he goes, actually, it could have been, wait, it was Thursday. That's the end. That's the gag. Wait, it was Thursday. 
This is how they're wasting our time. They're getting paid for this. Now, Blondie was done by Chick Young. He died in 1973. And his son, Dean Young, took it over from then. So he must be in his, like, 60s now or 70s. Right. But these sons, it's so incestuous. And Blondie's always been stupid, so stupid, that I have another screen-sharing thing that I'm going to share with you, which is even dumber. Let's see if I can get to it. This is something called the Saturday Superstar Movie that the theme, the, the music goes around in my head on a daily basis. Uh, most of you will not remember this. And it was like a movie on Saturday morning cartoons that they would have a different movie every week. But they basically took their old TV shows and made them cartoons. And it was an awful show. But the opening theme was so great. But listen to the ones they have in this show. More superstars than you've ever seen each week on Daffy Duck and Porky Pig, The Groovy Ghoulies, Yogi Bear and Boo Hoo, Snagglepuss, and the whole gang, Nanny and the Professor, Butch, Hal and Waldo, Oliver and the Artful Dodger, The Banana Splits, Lassie, Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, Igor, Dracula, The Mummy, The Werewolf, The Creature, The Invisible Man, The Invisible Woman, The Invisible Kid, also Tabitha, Adam, and the Clown Family. That girl, Robin Hoodnick, Willie Mays, Digit, <laughs> Olive Oil, and Popeye, The Red Baron, all on That song goes through my head all the time. <laughs> Wait, there was a cartoon version of That Girl? See? What, that girl? What about Nanny and the Professor? What the hell are they thinking over there? And then Tabitha from Bewitched has her own series. Right. I mean, it lasted a year. They pretty much made one cartoon of everything. But these things were like 90 minutes. Yeah. 90 minutes. They were like, they, no, they were like two hours because I think they kept it. They, they would did it into the next week. There was a two-parter. And they were horribly dull and boring. Even the Oliver Twist thing was horrible. And the Banana Splits wasn't the live-action Banana Splits. It was a cartoon. And it was awful. <laughs> Hanna Barbera was the worst. I don't yeah, know how they got their, um, their the laugh Olympics they are pretty stunk. good. What the, the Laugh Olympics are pretty great. That was an all the you know yeah, Scooby Doo. They're all together, but it really wasn't that great. Now that we know better, right? Maybe if you were five, it was okay. But remember, their cartooning was horrible. Their laziness of backgrounds and all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, the animation was terrible. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. awful. They put no effort into the writing, as we know, because we love Bugs Bunny on this podcast, and we understand how great it was. Right. What a horrible show. Meanwhile, I love that theme song, and it's been in my head for 40 years. But Blondie? Oh, I want to watch a cartoon <laughs> about Blondie. Did you just see what they just put on their Sunday special? Yeah, and Popeye, too. And Popeye. Um, well, Popeye, I mean, at least was a cartoon. I mean, it makes sense. But right. Blondie, you're going to have kids need to watch a Blondie special. It just yeah, doesn't well, add know. up, you know. So um, what else we got here? Uh, well, you, I want to just point out something about uh, your rant about comics because you're right. Yeah, I got more. Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, oh, show me. Yeah, so we got the Blondie. You see that? You see that, right? Yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah, then Beetle Bailey. Okay, <laughs> so Beetle Bailey was done by Mort Walker. 
He died right. only in 2018, but he has three sons that took over, as you can see in the headline, Mort, Greg, and Brian Walker. Right. And here's this week's. It's the 70th anniversary. The 70th anniversary. And it's, that's where they show him when it started. In the beginning, Beatle was in college. In right. 1951, he enlisted in the Army. The strip took off when it was banned in 1954. Beetle Bailey dropped from Stars and Stripes. Army has no funny bone. <laughs> from 1956 to 65, the circulation grew from 500 to 1,000 papers. And now it's 1,600 subscribers. And then they have the Sarge and Beatles saying, here's to 70 years and still counting. It's a strip on just how great they are. Right. Well, not only that, but I think this might be one of the strips where you see how, like, Mord is still credited, right? Oh, yeah. Even though he's, even though he's dead. Because I think there's, there's a few of these. I know Shoe is one of them, and it might be Beatles. Oh, right. where, Shoe, they, where they just, all they do, now the kids just um, take artwork from previous strips and reassemble them and add new dialogue. Yeah, they don't even care and they're getting paid for this. So it's like they're not even drawing anything new. They're just using their dad's old drawings. It's completely unacceptable. It's Here's Funky funny. Winker Bean. <laughs> yeah. How is that still happening? <laughs> yep. And this looks hard. I can't even look at this because you know what happened in Funky Winker Bean? It's done by Tom Batik and he's yeah. still alive. He's still doing it. He started it in 1973. Then he had a, a drop and then he started, made it more serious, and yep. things got really bad when um, somebody got killed by uh, an explosion in Iraq, one of the character members. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, know. let's see if you can see this. Let me get out of this. Um, here's my, uh, you tell me if you can, uh, you're, you're with me here. Here's my favorite. Can you see this? Yep. Here's from The Simpsons. the clown. Ah, Springfield gets the lamest balloons. Are you kidding? There's Funky Winker Bean. Oh, <laughs> Look, it's annoyed. All right, yeah. So, I mean, even the Simpsons make fun of Funky Winker Bean being a parade float. That's Springfield. That's the worst parade float. Well, of course. And it's Funky Winker Bean. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, oh, Prince Valiant. <laughs> Prince Valiant done by Hal Foster he uh, he died. He retired in 1979. He right. stopped writing in 1970 when this guy, John Murphy, he, he was working with this other guy in 1970 because he was getting old, right? He started in like the 30s. So he was working with this guy, John Murphy. And then what happened? John Murphy's son, Colin Murphy, took over, started writing the script while he was in college. And Amherst, which how jealous am I? My dad was right. I think he's like, hey, could you help me with the comic? And I had a, a job in college like that. <laughs> I mean, I think you actually could have gotten laid if people knew you were doing the Sunday comics in college. Yeah. Now you'd be like, are you really trying to get laid with that? You know, and then his daughter was doing the colorizing. It's such an incestuous, unbelievable profession. Prince Valiant. Yeah, that guy come. Yeah, I, I write the Prince Valiant comment. Con no, you don't. No, I swear to God. Wait, <laughs> what? Can you imagine telling a millennial this? Doonesbury um, is still done by Gary Trudeau, but he only does the Sunday ones now. They do repeats Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. Oh, so he does the Sunday one. But I mean, he's been doing it, you know, forever. Uh, since 2014, they've been doing every except Sunday. So they just put repeats. I mean, like, why put it at all? Right. And it's in the paper every day. 
Yeah. Who's and doing Garfield? Here, still- now, this is the best. I haven't checked on Garfield. I think it's still Jim Davis, but Dilbert is the best example of something that's excellent. Scott Adams still does it. He created it. And look what's happening. What's happening in their memo? It looks like they're talking about COVID with their masks. They're wearing masks. It's the only relevant comic in the goddamn paper. I mean, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to disagree with you. Okay. Uh, if can I share a screen or no? I think you can. Hold on. I have to. Um, let me see. I think I can make you share a screen. Yes. Uh, right, go see. ahead. I mean, you're mostly right until last year. Okay, this is great uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so remember you Nancy? Even prepared. This is amazing. You're doing no, this no, on no. the fly. I'm doing this on the fly. So Nancy was. Um, Oh, Nancy, that's my, that right. was my favorite one I used to make fun of all the time. What was well, that, so, Sluggo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Nancy was really good way back when this guy named Ernie Bushmiller it did it. It was never good, but go on. And then, no, 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 the Ernie Bushmiller was incredible. And then, like, since then, there's been, like, a million people, and it's been terrible. And then last year, I mean, the guy who did it last was probably, like, a funky winkle. I mean, it was horrible. He turned it into even worse than it used to be. And then last year, he finally retired, and the editor was smart enough. She went to web comics and looked around for like good web comics and she found this girl who's like 20 she's like a millennial she's like 20 something and now nancy is friggin brilliant so it's no like way. It's, it's really good so like here's just one example right <laughs> i'm just gonna let you read it yeah uh life's uh, so it says it's nancy who looks like a different kind of nancy but i actually like it because it's more clear she's fatter there's a much fatter nancy right, right. she's still got that brillo hair right and she's walking that's the sluggo right yeah Okay, so she says, life's been so good ever since I got off social media. Well, you know what? Right there, I'm intrigued. I feel so relaxed now that I'm not constantly seeking other people's attention and approval. And then the third plane is, you should make a post about how happy I am and tell me everything everyone says about it. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, At least it's good. relevant. Yeah. No, it's totally right. Like, all her stuff is about, like, And the today. drawings are clear and good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She went like back to it. the old Ernie Bushmiller stuff. But, like, um... But it's really good. Like I, I just, I kind of bumped into it. I, I heard about like how they got some millennial to do it. I was kind of curious, and I kind of got obsessed with it. Varen loves it. She like we're both huge fans. It's really oh, good. Oh, that's so great. But I, I mean, like- the rest of them are horrible. It's just that one, you know. Yeah, I just like that there's, you know, if I, I guess that's all I had. Uh, when they're relevant like that, it's <laughs> uh, it's amazing. But you know, I couldn't believe it when I, you know, got the Star Ledger and they had thirty two daily ones. Oh, here's a. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, yeah, you can see this is, um, yep. yeah. So, so I have on the screen, I have this book called then again, maybe I won't, I think, um, it's a classic. We were talking about Judy Bloom books and, you know, obviously the big one was, uh, uh, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, which everybody right. know. My sister must've read 13 times. And I said, Oh, I can't remember. Cause my mother Rhoda used to run the temple library <laughs> And Judy Bloom was a Jewish author, so she demanded that we read these books. And she made me read. And I, I found the exact covers that uh, I remember, the covers I had and right. my sister had. You know, they were hard to find. <laughs> they don't make these covers. There. These are right. from the 70s. Right. And this was the cover. Then again, maybe it won't. And the, the, the covers, the guy has the binoculars because he keeps staring at his next-door neighbor. <laughs> right. And that's right. the one, my, the funny, touching story of a boy with problems. And my mother demanded I read that book. <laughs> and I hated it. Yeah. I thought it was the stupidest thing. And as you can see where I keep going back and forth, if you're watching the YouTube one, this is the one I wanted to read, which is James Bond Casino Royale. <laughs> and that's the exact <laughs> cover I had. And I read that one. 
Wait, that was in the Temple Library? No, I just read that one as a 13-year-old boy. I didn't want to read stuff about boys my age. I wanted to read James Bond shit about people drinking martinis and going out with girls. This makes you a man. (laughs) Then again, maybe I won't. Does not. And I have a reason for telling you all of this. And remember, you already know what it is, but I'm not... I can't share it yet. It's a it's a secret. It's happening. I will share it with you soon. But um, it's. A, I just want to point out that I um my name in the football pool one year was "Are You There, God?" It's me, Margaret, by Judy Bloom. So it was. Yeah, and every time I won, you'd have to write the entire thing out. I know you do it on purpose, just like I do at the racetrack, which, <laughs> which is pretty is funny. Uh, yeah, I'm not having a football pool this year. I know. What's you know up what's with even that? weirder? Only one person asked. I don't think well, anybody cares. I think I. That's the I just kind of assume when you're talking about, you know, the grid that you were making on all that, that that was next. That was one of the announcements, but, um, no, wow. I don't feel like doing it. And it's a stupid year. Here's the problem memo. Let's say I take everybody's money for the pool, you know, put it in the PayPal and, um, then the season's canceled. <laughs> How's that going to work? <laughs> Do I give the winners their money back because technically it's not fair that only some people want, you know, I it right. just, it's right. not the right. I have no problem taking a break from it. I got this thing, other thing to do on Tuesdays. I'm going to be fine. I feel a little bad for other people that like it, but maybe we'll try again next year. It's all right. A couple other things before we leave uh, that I read in the uh, post today uh, or the past couple of days. Um, for Labor Day, they're out of hot dogs. Wait, what? There's a, a low supply of hot dogs. Wait, who's they? I, you know, supermarkets. People were having trouble finding hot dogs this year. <laughs> It's just funny, like as if COVID could get any worse. <laughs> you know, it's like you're running out of hot dogs. This is awful. <laughs> That's just one thing. Also, uh, your favorite person, the uh, uh, Candace Cameron. Uh, who, who was the uh, the guy that we? Uh, uh, Kirk Cameron. Remember, you put his uh, his Christian movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Picks, right. <laughs> so she left the View a long time ago. And she and they just hired some. They were like, do you want to come back? And she's like, yeah, I'll come back if we can talk about the Bible and not politics. <laughs> don't you just want to punch her in the face? Who is this? Her and Nick Willendi just want to punch the face. Now, I don't care if people want to talk about the Bible. I don't care if you have views and you love your religion. But have you seen the view? Is that what it's for? You don't want to talk about politics? Who the fuck are you? Well, but don't you kind of admire house, her, her balls uh, to uh, demand, make that, like, you know what? I'll come back if you want to talk about the Bible. That's, that's a ballsy, ballsy thing to say, I got to say. You know what I mean? I didn't think of it that way. I suppose <laughs> you're right. It is funny. Your favorite uh, cartoonist <laughs> and mine, Charles Schultz, yeah. I talk about this all the time. Um, the thing I loved about him, let not his later years, uh, but we, you've even gotten your daughter involved with some of the old stuff, which is great. Right. The peanuts stuff. Uh, I always talk about the Christmas special, the first cartoon. Right. And how CBS wanted to cut out the true meaning of Christmas. Linus's big speech. Lights, please. <laughs> and the manger came onto the whatever it was, right? Right, right? And he wanted to cut out the. He they wanted to cut it out. They're like, oh, we don't like this part. And he demanded they keep it in because he was a a religious man and a right. spiritual man. And right. he demanded they keep it in. And that's goddamn manly. <laughs> it was and it's into this day. As much as my mother didn't like me watching it, I respected it. <laughs> and, you know, if you're going to do a Christmas special, what the hell do I care if you put some religious thing? That's what you get. Right. That's what it is. 
That's you know, true. so don't I am not a Jew who wants to get rid of Christmas and say we have to mention Hanukkah too. That's my sister. I don't <laughs> want to take away anybody's Christmas. Hanukkah's Hanukkah. I don't want the menorah up any other time other than during Hanukkah. I don't like when they keep it up with Christmas. I don't think it's necessary. Christmas is awesome. Nobody should be taking it away. Also, Anna Faris, you know her? I know her name. Well, this twat is leaving her sitcom of seven years, and you know I hate that. She's in this great sitcom, which I really actually like, called Mom. I only watch it in syndication because it's on at one in the morning. Okay, so get this, right? She's leaving, and nobody knows exactly why, but we think it's to you know concentrate on her movie career. Okay? okay. All right? You ready for this? She, the show she does with this, this two-faced twat, is Allison Janney. Allison Janney is a, uh, an amazing actress who actually won an Oscar while filming Mom. Is an Oscar winner during taping a weekly show of Mom. So fuck you if that's your reason for leaving. Because clearly we know that this woman can do it both. And for you to leave a successful series makes all actors just look like assholes. You know what I'm saying? People would kill for a part like that. And you're just like, oh, good luck to my mom family. But Allison Janney, the Oscar winner, is sticking with the show because she's an actress and knows how difficult it is over all the years she's been working to get work. So she knows to stick on a good thing when she's got it. And yet she can still do movie roles. She won for, I believe, the uh, Tanya Harding movie. Right. I have two questions. How long has it been running? Seven years. Seven years. And do you know for sure that's the reason? Or you just uh, I have heard that is nobody knows. She won't say. If she doesn't say, you know, unless she's ill. Right. That's what I was thinking. Maybe she's sick or something. I don't think so. All right. I know she has a sick son. So maybe she wants to spend time. But again, if you're on a weekly series, that's a pretty good gig to spend time with your family. You know, it's not a movie. I've heard she wants to concentrate on her stupid movie career, right. which used to be fine, and she's fun, and she's good, but Alice and Janney's doing both at the same time. Screw you. Thank you. Uh, Tom Seaver died this week. Yes. He was an awesome person, and obviously I'm a Mets fan. He was an awesome Met, and the Mets are a stupid, stupid organization. They, when they opened City Field, they had no indication that Tom Seaver ever worked there. Because the, the, the Mets are just a horrible, horrible organization, and it's going to be great when this guy Steve Cohn takes over. He's a Met fan, and these things won't you know, happen again. It's really, really annoying. I remember when I went to City Field, I'm like, where's the Tom, Tom Seaver tribute? He's like the only Met you make one for. Right. Him and Mike Piazza are the face of the franchise, and Mike Piazza never won a World Series. This guy, Tom Seaver, when the Mets – were new and they were laughed at because they sucked. He somehow won them a World Series. And then he went to two and he went to another one in 73. They just didn't win. That kind of stuff, Memo, really makes me upset. I understand. Thank you. And so <laughs> we leave Wait, our hero. You saved all the angry rants for the end. You just kind of packed them all well, in that's there. That's the news. That's the news. That's oh, the I news. See. Sometimes we save the news to the end. I see. Uh, yeah, saying the, the rants. Well, sometimes I have good stories, but um, so you can, look, look at me. Oh, I'll take my hair. It's in my ears. It's in my face. Oh, it's a dream come true, Memo. I'll tell you, I get out of the shower now, and I, I'm happy. I love my hair this long, and 
you know, maybe I don't know what's happening with the top. I colored it so it looks a lot thicker. Right. I, I still think this guy's a quack. But when I get out of the shower, and this is how I got it in the first place, I used to hate seeing myself. But now when I get out of the shower, I get excited. This all sounds weird. <laughs> um, okay, let me put this a different way. Uh, when I got out of the shower, all soaking wet and shit. You know what I'm talking about, right, ladies? No, I don't know. I just like I'm just happier with my appearance, and you know, again with the Nutrisystem. Who knows where this can take us? I can't. The mind boggles, but I'm glad you're smiling. That's a good. That's a good sign. Memo: The podcast is going to suffer because I'm happy. Yeah, it's true. You know, <laughs> I think people enjoy when I'm just miserable and like ranting about stuff. But at least I put that <laughs> in at the end. That's true. I need I to am- tell you about a a a, a um a weird uh, show I saw yesterday because it it defies logic. But then I thought of you. It's um it's on YouTube, right? So it's this Mormon um it's this Mormon Saturday Night Live. Basically, it's like a sketch comedy show by more. It's on that BYU TV. I love and, that kind of shit. It will. And, and we, the reason I found it is because they had all these Harry Potter like sketches. And of course, I was like looking for stuff with Varen. And it was pretty freaking funny. And I was like shocked at how well written it was. And, I was, and then it, because it's clean, I was like, well, this is like just Gal's perfect show because like there's nothing dirty. And it's like SNL. Isn't that funny that I like that. Yeah. Um, there's actually this thing I follow on Facebook is. I guess they're like, you know, a Catholic group and they have these hot daughters <laughs> and they play like the fiddle and the guitar in a field. You know, it's unfortunate <laughs> when the father comes in and gives his message, which again would be okay if he was good looking, but um, the girls are really pretty and their musicianship is amazing. Right. And they just play songs of faith. And the mother's gross too. But these girls are really pretty, and they just make music videos and stuff. And it's, <laughs> I'll find out their name next week, maybe, I'll, or next time we're on this, I'll play some. Right. Actually, there was one other thing I was talking. No, nah, no, nah, we'll talk about it next week. It doesn't matter. Would um, you convert? Would you convert for one of them? Would you renounce your Jewishness, become a Catholic? Interesting. Uh, well, I've thought about this for years because I was pretty sure I was never going to marry a Jew because just my dating history says that even though a lot of times when people don't date Jews, they end up marrying a Jew. Right. But, um, I always wondered what would happen if I married now, there's no way I would convert. So if, if that was on the table, obviously this girl would be crazy and I couldn't marry her. You know, somebody (laughs) made me convert because I would never make a girl convert ever. Uh, you know, again, when I, I've, stopped three conversions in my lifetime from girls who have uh, said they were going to convert for this guy. And I basically ask three questions. I'm not exactly sure the three are now, but they, one of them is one, you know, well, how religious is he? Okay. Does he fast on Yom Kippur? The easiest of questions. Usually never. Does he, does he uh, follow the Sabbath? You know, does he like candles? Right. And, and I'm, I'm talking about the easy stuff. You know, does he keep Passover? These three questions, if you can answer these and he does all of that, then we can go into how religious he might be and is this worth it? Because, and, but all three times, that has not been the case. <laughs> and they're obviously just converting for the parents. Right. And so if they tell me that they just want to convert and they want to be Jewish, that's, I guess, another thing. I just want to make sure they're not being, um, you know, Brainwashed. Brainwashed, yes. exactly. I get, it. I get it. Because that's what it is. So uh, I've been telling this joke on stage about 
I end with this joke on how I was supposed to go to Israel this summer for my friend's uh, kids' bat mitzvah. And then I always say, well, it's kind of a joke. I mean, a girl isn't really uh, taken serious about a bat mitzvah in Israel. You know, Jews don't take women seriously. You can look it up. Uh, you know, they say, always like say that. And then, and, you know, people can't get mad at it because it's true. It's like a bat mitzvah is not actually recognized by the Jewish religion. <laughs> uh, anyway, the end of the joke it has nothing to do with that. It's just um, that they um, somebody put together, my friends put together a GoFundMe page, send Dave just got to Israel. And uh, then a couple of hilarious friends hacked into it and set up a uh, send Dave just got to Israel forever. Ha ha. <laughs> and uh, long story short, it's up to $10 million. <laughs> so, hey, good night, everybody. Hey, you guys have been great. Stay safe. These are Black great Lives jokes. <clears throat> what? Yeah, these are great jokes. It's uh, you should get a lot more work. Yeah, you think. think? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Liz, well, I had my piece of paper and I kept looking at it. And I'm like, oh man, this is comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what uh, what do you got going on? Your work, Sesame Street is still up and running. Yeah, yeah, I'm filming a bunch of stuff. Actually, speaking of cartoons, we're working on an animated series that I'm pro- I'm producing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll do a voice for it. Okay, don't worry. No, 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 memo. It's my. I'm not that busy. It's okay. I can do it. I, you know, the the one thing I have to plug, uh, I'll I'll get in trouble if I don't. Um, is uh, Varen's got a YouTube channel where she like. Oh, is she there? Do you want to have her? No, come she's not here. Hello? But she t- she oh. told me she was like, you better make sure you you plug this. Can you um, show it? It's called Vicky's Crafts, and it's just it's like you know she's just doing like how to make lemonade and stuff, just really simple things. Do you have like, a? He's you know, 10 years old. Can you share the screen a little bit? Just for Oh, little... yeah, I can do one. Why not, right? Uh, All yeah. right, everybody, watch Memo's daughter. You remember how creative she is. She can take something like how to make lemonade and make it special. Unlike Lee Maracus's kids who are just kind That's of dumb. Hilarious. Wait a minute. <laughs> I hope Let's... he doesn't watch. <laughs> Wait, do you see that? Yep. Chrysanthemum. I'll explain to everybody what's happening. Well, she's poor. You're gonna, actually, you're going to love this opening because it's like right up your alley. The music. Okay. Yeah. Hi guys, today um, I'm going to be doing a speed draw of a chrysanthemum. I love drawing chrysanthemums, and I think that it's something that you guys could do okay, too. Okay, stop right there so for a second. So try to learn from my speed draw. <laughs> right. um, what's up with the nail polish? You can't do a video. with. I mean, it's hard. I don't know. She's 10 years old, you know. I don't care. My sister's <laughs> going to have a field day with this. My mother's going to be equally upset. If my mother was watching this right now, she would call you... <laughs> And say, how can you let your daughter do this? Because she doesn't care. She's. I mean, you, the problem is, if I were to say that, she would forevermore have a complex about it. She would now be like, oh, my God, my nail polish. Well, you know, she's learning all these rules. And showing her yes. fingers, you know, you got to have it ready. You got to be camera ready, Memo. <laughs> I know. I get it. I understand. Um, this is the problem. It's like she's getting all self-conscious. So I'm like, but uh, anyway, this is the kind of stuff she's doing now. So, yeah, uh, let me. Fast forward a little oh, so we can actually see her draw. Yeah, let's see right there. Oh, she puts on music. Yeah. Drawing. Oh. I guess that's a good idea. She speeds it up a little. So. Yeah. You know, again, this is so creative. Because the Maracas kids would be talking through the whole thing. I hate bringing that up again, but I... <laughs> I hate this. It's true. 
guys, I hope you liked this video. And if you like this video, share this video with three or more friends and subscribe and turn on the notifications bell in my <laughs> channel. Then go to my channel below, go to the discussions column. That's what I told him. Like, you're going on too long. But right, she but but it, it's at the beginning. It's so funny be, before she went on too long because the maturity level of your kid is so funny. <laughs> she's, Click on the notification thing, but then it goes on long, and you remind you're reminded she's ten. Right, exactly. You know, it's like it's really funny because her maturity level is so right there. But then there's things which makes her such a great kid, a perfect kid. <laughs> she's, she's got this stick down. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that's and that's great. Just speeding it up and not talking. Okay, first I draw a line. This is what most kids do. <laughs> then I draw a second line over it. So to speed it up, put some music on was very smart. Looks yeah. like she learned from the old man. She, uh, you know, you know what she used actually. So there's a pre Adobe, you know, Premiere, right? They have yeah. like a an iPad version called Adobe Rush that anybody can download, and it's like just like Premiere but simpler. Um, and so it worked really well. I was like, oh, Jessica should use this thing. It's like, it's a great little program. Oh, that, but uh, what, were, what was this cartoon you're working on on uh, Sesame Street? Oh, it's new. It's for, um, it's for international audiences, for like kids in uh, camps in like uh, refugee camps. Concentration don't have, camps, yeah. Yeah, concert, yeah. Mm. it's called Auschwitz Today. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, um, no, it's just, uh, it's just a uh, refugee. It's like, it's, there's no name for it yet. It's like all, like it's Legos paying for it. They gave him like a million dollars or something. Oh to do. wow! And so hey, that's great. Yeah. Congratulations. That's great it's news. It's, and what about Drew? Is he available or is he still super busy that he wouldn't be able to come on? I, one night I can ask him. I've no. I haven't talked to him in in a while. I can ask him. Yeah, you know, it's the thing is we don't see you don't see anybody anymore. You're all in like everyone's in their little yeah hole yeah. Or no, I know. But, but I, I'll uh, call him. But uh, Drew is this guy that we were doing. Uh, you know, if you're on my channel, you see some of the puppet pics. He's amazing Sesame Street puppeteer and, you know, really terrific with these puppets. I still never put together the uh, thing where I got I was, fired. I, I was going to ask. What's well, up now with I that? can, I guess. I Now I have the software. I, I hadn't had the yeah. software. I didn't know what I was doing by the time. So now I can work. And I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding <laughs> yeah. me. Anyway. What, uh, so wait, would, no, he, would he be like, like this? Like he would be from home in his Zoom window talking yeah. and whatever? Yeah. Well, right. I figure... I, we could either do it this way for the podcast, or I actually would prefer to have him on on the Tuesday at the Comedy Cellar, you know, making the picks. But the comics might be brutal, so I don't know whether he's ready for that. But so you, know, you guys are so you guys are being you're all there live, like at the cellar. Is that how? No, that no, works? no. We're doing it just like this. Oh, oh that's okay. What you meant. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. doing a Zoom. It's all Zoom. It. It's all Zoom. Got Everybody it. will be in different locations. Got it. Got it. Got it. No, no, we are not at the cellar. It's not open except for dinner. You know, and right. eating. Just the restaurants open. So right, right, right. right. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we're just doing it uh, through Zoom, which gotcha. is why I'll be able to get a lot of good people, like people from LA and stuff like that. So I'm actually hoping to have my cousin on, who uh, you know owns the Devil, who's trying to buy the Mets. Uh, I thought that would be fun. Now that gambling is legal in New Jersey, it should be okay. <laughs> um, but there's no gambling involved on the show. You know, we're just picking the spreads. Right. That's all right. No money's being exchanged. Speaking of that, how you're going to start a? Uh... Well, memo. You know, I'm paying off my bookie here very slowly. <laughs> And not, I haven't been gambling at all. Wow. And I think I'll probably gamble in Jersey only once a right. week. Got it. I don't know. It's very difficult not to bet on football for me, but at least I wasn't betting on everything else. And I, I took a long pause from March until September. So, But doesn't we'll this feel see. like, you know, you're not doing the pool. You're like doing Weight Watchers or whatever that is. I mean, it's that like. I should stop gambling as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is... Well, like I said, uh, I don't know. We'll see. This is it. This is your I chance. Know. I know. 
It's horrible. Anyway, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today and joining us on this wonderful, uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon. I mean, it's been perfect Labor Day weather weekend. However, when this comes out, of course, it is Tuesday and it'll be after Labor Day. And we are making a straight shoot onto Christmas. I mean, it's a New Year's. Right? right? This is our favorite time of the year when it's normal. Fall in New York City is normally the best time, the most fun podcast, and September to December usually goes so fast. This is going to be a very strange fall to New Year's. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Really, really odd. So we will see what happens in the future. Next week we'll be on our regular podcast show, on audio only, and then... Uh, Come October, we will have another guest. And, of course, if I put the Patreon together, uh, I will let you know when a guest is on, and you can ask questions for them, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out along the way. Memo Salazar, thank you so much. You can see his work on the amazing, long-lasting Sesame Street. Uh, In fact, you can see him and his daughter on HBO Max on the first pilot episode of the Sesame uh, uh, Elmo talk show. Right. His daughter's in the audience. I can't tell you how jealous I was when I first saw it. Uh, that's when I did a spit take when I was tripped. What? How did she get on this show? I know. Uh, they so needed kids. Yeah, so it's extra funny. And um, and now let's um, pretend like we're uh, uh, talking nonsense as the music takes us out. Oh, I like that. Be, oh, I'm not looking. Uh, here, I'm looking at you. Uh, you know, you know. Wait, I'm on the other side of the screen. Oh, you are, uh, for me, you're on the right screen. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much, everybody. We will see you next week on the Life Fly Podcast with me, Dave Dubscow. Good night, everybody. Same every day.